Can you say neighborly? neighborly? Say it one more time. I need to hear it nice and I need you guys to help me preach this morning. Say neighborly. neighborly. Thank you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Amen. So <laughs> we're uh, continuing this series on neighborly and we're going to be in Romans chapter 13. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm reading out of the New International Version. New International Version. And um, it's kind of interesting because when you look at the context of Romans 13, um, it starts with, it talks a little bit about the government, and then it talks about, um, you know, those that you work for. And um, it, it moves into, and in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Let no debt remain outstanding, uh, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. I'm just going to read that one more time. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Man, what a promise, huh? The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Neighborly. Neighborly. God, we pray once again that your spirit falls in this place and that you um, just do the work in our hearts this morning, Father. I pray that you give me energy and strength. I pray that you speak to everyone here um, in whatever way that um, you need to speak to them, Father. I just pray that you minister to every person here. Whatever, uh, whatever troubles or hardships or whatever um, uncertainties people have, whatever burdens people have brought in this morning, I just pray that they will lay them at your feet this morning and that they will find freedom at the feet of Jesus and that they will find hope at the feet of Jesus, that they'll find mercy at the feet of Jesus, that they'll find love at the feet of Jesus. God, may, may you do your thing. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of strange to me that in verse 8, the word debt and the word love is found. It's kind of strange, to be honest. The word debt and the word love. How many of you guys like, love debt? Raise your hand. How many of you guys love love? Raise your hand. Yeah, so it's weird that the word debt and the word love are in the same sentence. It kind of messes with me a little bit. It almost seems like an oxymoron. It almost seems like a strange dichotomy. It almost seems like, like you're watching a movie and you see, um, you see Batman, and then, on the other, and then in the same movie, maybe you see someone from a, like a different universe. You know, Batman, you see, uh, I don't even know, Batman, and then you see who's in a, like Ant-Man, like they're in different, it's like they shouldn't be in, it shouldn't be in the same movie together. They shouldn't be in the same sentence together. And so it just kind of throws me off when I see the word love and debt in the same sentence. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm in the financial 
industry, at work. That's what I do. And um, I will tell you that, that, that debt can be, um, leveraging your debt can be an amazing tool. It can. Or it can be uh, an amazing, uh, I don't know, like te- something terrible at the same time. You know, I've, I've had people come into uh, the bank and um, they are dreaming and they want to buy their first home and, you know, they're all excited. They're maybe, you know, newly married and, I've, you know, I've saved up the money and you get to talk to them and you get to pre-qualify them for the mortgage and they're so excited and they're just like, so in that way, it's like, wow, you know, you know that, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. We can help fulfill people's dreams at the bank, even though mortgage means death deed. Sorry, guys. You know, it's like, so, 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 so debt can be a tool but man, at the same time, it seems like debt can be just a terrible thing as well. You know, I have, I've had people come into my office and man, it's like I had someone come in the other day who had um, $60,000 in credit card debt. And so trying to talk to the person about what we could do to help her and, you know, we leveraged some of her debt and her, her, um, her monthly payment was like, what was it? It was like, $1,600, and she was just making the minimum payments on the credit card debt. And so I pitched her this idea that we would take her debt, and we, her home was paid off. I'm like, hey, if we, if we, if we, we, what we can do is we can use your home as collateral. Instead of paying 20-some percent, you can move it all the way down to, this was, you know, about a year ago. We can move you down to below, two per, below 3%, and we can save you a bunch of money. And she's like, that's amazing. I love it. So great. She said, you're the best. I'm like, I know. Thank you very much. She's like, you have, you know, saved me. And I said, thank you. I know I did. Thank you. Thank you. And so uh, we saved her all this money. I was so excited and she was so excited. And she's like, she's like, can I, can I, can I leave the bank a review on you and just tell them how awesome you are? And I'm like, well, yes, you can. Here's the phone number. All right. And, you know, make sure to pass this up to my boss. You know, I was like, it's like, so, so, so like, I'm like, yeah. Whoa. And so I was excited about it. And, um, so she went from paying, uh, man, so much in interest, and I showed her the total savings, and, you know, we, I showed her the amateurization schedule, and she was so excited, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Um, but lo and behold, she came in about a year later, and um, in a year, she had racked up about another $30,000 in credit card debt, and um, she's like, hey, can we do what we did, you know, and I'm like, man. And um, so, so, so it's like, oh my goodness, like that can be a, a really bad thing. Um, or if you leverage it properly, it can maybe be a good thing. But it's kind of confusing to me when I see love and debt in the same sentence because, I don't know, debt just sounds so transactional, doesn't it? it sounds so transactional. And and love is all about feeling good, isn't it? Like, love's all about the, the, the feelings and the, 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 the warms and the fuzzies. And I don't know. It's, I, I feel like debt doesn't necessarily bring the warm and the fuzzies, fuzzies when I think about it the way that it should. And lo- I, I'm just really confused. This, 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 this weird connection between love and debt and, I don't know, I guess if, if we think about love being debt, I kind of wonder, is love really, is that really love at all? It's debt, and if I'm, and I don't know, it just it just throws me off a little bit, you know. And I think if 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 we think of love as debt, if we think of love as transactional, I just don't know how 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 well 
or how true that, that type of love really is. You know, you know if, 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 if you do this, then, then I'll do that. If, if, if you do this, then I'll do that. Like, if, if you do this, then it's, it's contingent on that. And if, if that's contingent on that, then that's contingent on that. Then that's contingent. Like, I don't know. To me, it seems, it seems too transactional. Maybe it's because I work in the financial field. But it feels just too transactional to, to talk about love being debt. I'm going to love her only if she makes me dinner. I'm going to love him only if he makes me some money. I'm going to love my kids only if they behave. And all the parents said, amen. I am going to, you know, do this, I I don't know, like transactional. It just seems so transactional when, and and I wonder, like, with, with, if it's true love, it should be free, right? So I'm just love and debt and love and debt and love and, I, I don't know. And like, why are we in debt to anyone? And how did you get indebted to the people that are sitting next to you? How did you get indebted to your friends? How did you get indebted to your family? I would argue if you even look at the context of of Romans, if you look at Romans 12 and Romans 13, uh, Paul, in the broader context of the passage, is saying that you are also indebted to your enemies, kind of read that and I wonder like, okay, love and debt. How did we get into this debt and does, does, that, wreck, does, that, wreck, does that wreck love? But I think if we, if we look at the, the greater scope of the Bible and maybe the greater scope of even just Romans, um, we can maybe understand what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about the love debt. If you go all the way back to Romans chapter 1, verse 14, he says, I am obligated. In fact, the word there means indebted. I am obligated. I am indebted both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. I'm obligated. I'm indebted. And because I'm indebted, look at his response. He says, that's why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. If you have to look look again a little bit more broader at the context of Romans, but if you go back even just a little bit further in verse 5, he says, through him, in speaking of Jesus, he says, we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith in his namesake. In Romans chapter 3, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 6, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Our indebtedness isn't because of what others have done to us, but it is because of what Christ has done for us and for you and for me. Did you realize this morning that Christ has done everything for us? And he gives us it freely through salvation. He has taken away our guilt. He has taken away our sin. He has taken away our shame. It is this 
um, non-emotional type of love. It's this non-romantic type of love. It's this non-transactional type of love. It's a sacrificial, selfless love. This is the kind of love that is meant for those who are bent on harming us. It's the type of love that isn't deserving. It's the type of love that is evident in the character and in the ministry of Jesus. And this gift, again, is a gift that is freely given to us. In John chapter 3, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're indebted to others because of Christ's work on the cross. That's kind of wild, isn't it? It's kind of wild, isn't it? We're indebted to others because of Christ's work on the cross. Like, that's, that's kind of wild. Like, like, you're indebted to the person next to you because of Christ's work on the cross. You're indebted to your family member because of Christ's work on the cross. You're indebted to your employees because of Christ's work on the cross. You're indebted to your um, grumpy uh, grandmother because of Christ's work on the cross. You're indebted to your you know, crazy spouse who's been yelling at you and telling you to fix the kitchen. I'm just kidding. Because of Christ's work on the cross. You're indebted to, you're indebted to the people that come through our doors. You're indebted to the people that come and visit us when outreach because because of Christ's work on the cross, right? Like, that's kind of crazy to think about. But we are indebted because of what Christ has done for us. And because of his redeeming work on the cross, there is a response that God calls us to vertically, right? Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say vertically? With, like there's a response that he... He, he, he wants us to have towards him. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is a response that God wants us to have towards him. If you deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. There is a response that he wants us to have towards him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. There's a response that he wants us to have towards him. But also, I would argue that there is a response that he wants us to have as well horizontally. Hello? With others. <laughs> Lord, are you calling me? Uh, but horiz- vertically, But also, I would argue that there's a response that he wants us to have horizontally as well. And specifically in this passage, I think he's talking about the love and our relationship, not necessarily with God, but he's talking about a relationship that he wants us to have with others. He's talking about our relationship that he wants us to have with others. And to be honest, I think sometimes when... um, when we hear this, we tend to put boundaries on the love that God has given us. You know? Anyone else? Like, you know you're called to love God, but maybe sometimes we, even place, maybe sometimes we place boundaries on the love that we give God. 
I mean, you know what, I'm going to love you, but I'm only going to love you on the weekends, or I'm going to love you, but I'm going to love you when other people are looking. Like, I feel like sometimes we put boundaries on the love that we have. But but I think even more, sometimes we put love on, uh, sometimes we put um, boundaries on the love that we have towards other people. Do you agree with me? Like, like it's like, you know, um, um, I, I've, I, I've loved enough, I have given enough, I have done enough, I have strived enough. You know, you, you know, you know pastor, I have done my fair share, and I am done. I, I don't know how many times I've heard that before. I am done. I, I you know, I, I will love my family I will love people that are similar to me. I will love someone that, you know, does something for me. I will love someone that dresses up in a Batman suit. I will love someone that sells essential oils. But, but listen, that will be the extent of my love. We tend to put boundaries on it. But it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting because when you think about the debt that Jesus paid, it's unfathomable. The love that he gives is unmeasurable. You know? One of the disciples came to Jesus and was like, hey, Jesus. Hey, listen. I, 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 I want to... I, 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 someone's kind of driving me nuts and they're, they're, they're crazy and I, I want to know. Hey, listen, my wife's been bugging me. She's been bugging me a lot lately. And, and listen, I, I want to know how many times I should, I should forgive my wife, right? She's crazy. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Uh, Nolan has just been a complete bore and I just wonder, like, how, how long, should, like, how many times should I forgive him? I, like, how, how much should I love him? How much should I love her, this is weird that I'm saying all this. I like, 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 to what extent? So one of the disciples says, come up to Jesus, like, Jesus, like, how many, how many times should I, like, 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 forgive? And Jesus told this interesting parable. He said, and there was a king who went and wanted, God has a response that he wants from us to him. And he also has a response that he wants from us to others. Maybe I've already paid it off. Maybe I've already loved enough. Maybe I've already given enough, Brian. Maybe I've already already done everything. We are forever indebted to the king. This love debt. Listen, I, I, I love God but I hate people. I actually had an employee who was like that. She didn't last very long. And on her last day, I pulled her aside and I said, what did you love about the job? She said, I love to sit in my office. I said, what did you hate about the job? She said, I hated all the people. I was like, well, God bless you. Good luck with your endeavors. I would say that it's impossible to love God and to not love people. Because it's, it's God's very heart. Do you realize that? It's like God's very heart. It is his very nature, his love. And if the spirit of God dwells in us, which I know it does, his love will overflow 
from us to others. So you hear this this morning, you're like, yes, of, of, of course. Of course, Pastor Evan, of course I love people. And, and, and I, I'm going to love people even more. And I, it shall be the best love. I shall love them exactly how they want to be loved. I shall love them. And it shall be, it shall be this amazing love. I shall, I shall love and I shall love and I shall love and I shall love. I shall love and love and care and love and care and whatever. whatever, whatever. Like I, of course, Pastor Evan. Of course, I shall love. But it's interesting because when Paul continues his thought, if you look closely, because sometimes what people do is they, they take a passage of Scripture. I hate to say it. They take a passage of Scripture. They take it. They pull it out. They're like, bada boom, bada bing, whoop. Right? And they're like, perfect. I'm just going to use this as my life verse. Love, dead. I'm just going to use this as my life verse. But, but if you look a little bit closer, that was a weird sound effect. If you look a little bit closer, <laughs> um, Notice what he does, what he does here. I'm going to read it for you one more time. So, and let me see if you catch it this time, okay? He says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever love others has fulfilled the law. And then look here, he says, The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's interesting because um, he... He, he, does, he, he doesn't just leave it at love and debt, but he goes out of his way to reference the Old Testament. And more specifically, he mentions the Old Testament law. He doesn't mention all of them. He just mentions some of them as kind of a summary. But, you know, I kind of wonder, like, why would Paul take a moment to quote the Old Testament. Why wouldn't he take a moment here and just quote, you know, let's just quote, um, I don't know, let's just quote a, a, fancy, a fancy phrase during the day. Like, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good love phrase, you know, like, uh, I don't know, love, love strong or something like that. Like, like, why would he take a moment here? Like, why didn't he just quote another, uh, another person? Or why didn't he even just quote, maybe he could even quote like a, a nice uh, love passage from from the book of John or from the book of first John like like why you kind of wonder so why is he 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 going here and why is he quoting like he's he he talks about he talks about um love and he talks about debt and he talks about fulfilling the law and like why like of course I'm gonna love people of course I'm gonna you know be merciful and compassionate and I'm gonna love them the way that they want to be loved and I'm gonna you know love is just kind of like love is a bird love is an emotion love is a you know like you think about why okay But specifically here, he takes a moment and he connects love with the law. And I I began to think about this, and I think what he's doing here is he's doing a couple things. First of all, he's telling his readers, he's indicating to his readers that God has been about love from the very beginning. You know, sometimes people will read the Old Testament, they're like, oh, God of hellfire and brimstone. Ah. But, but I think he's, he's saying God has been about love from the very beginning. 
In fact, I would argue from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation that it's God's love, love letter to us. And you can see even in Genesis chapter 1, God came and there was some intimacy in creation and he made us with a design and with a purpose. And even in Genesis chapter 3 with the fall of humanity, you can see in Genesis chapter 3 that even in the curse, there was a blessing in the curse where, where there was love in God's discipline. And so I think he's, the first thing he's kind of doing is he's, he's laying in this path, like, listen, God has been about love from the very beginning. But also, I think what he is saying is that uh, love, uh, law without love is just external. Do you agree with me? Law without love is just external. But love without law, without, it, 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 it's like something with no anchor. It's like with something with no structure. It's with something with no framework. It's driven by feelings. It's driven by emotions. It's driven by what's popular. And so he's telling, listen, he's he's telling his listeners that, listen, you are indebted to Jesus. And not only you're indebted to him, but he has been in love with you from the very beginning. From the very beginning. You can try to define what you think love is, but there's a structure and there's a purpose and there's a plan that's found in the Word of God. The worship team can come back up. I just want to speak to you this morning and say listen, God loves you, God sees you. God understands your situation. Um, God has loved you from the very beginning. God has loved humanity from the very beginning. God has provided a framework. God has provided uh, the sacrifice in his son so that we can come freely to the throne of grace. Come freely. But because of his love for us, we are forever indebted to the king and we are forever indebted in love debt to those around us. And so my prayer for you this morning is, first of all, what's your relationship like with the king? What's your relationship like with the king? Do you realize the extents of his love? Do you realize the extents of his sacrifice? Scripture says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. Come, follow me. If any, if any man were to come after me, he would deny himself. He'd pick up his cross daily and follow me. What's your relationship like with the king? When was the last time you spent some time in his presence? When was the last time you allowed him to search your heart? Let's see if there be any wicked way in me. Create in me a pure heart. 
What's your relationship like with the king? But then, what's your relationship like with others? Because when the, when the king comes, when the Lord comes, when God comes, and he transforms us, and he changes us, and he, he makes us new, and he refines us, and he molds us, and he, he pours his spirit into us. Man, the natural response. We have love for the king, but also we have love for others. God, open our eyes to those around us. God, open our eyes to those that are hurting, those that are uh, in need of a savior, those who are in need of healing. God, God, just, just continue to fill us up. God, make our relationship right with you so that we can overflow to other people. God, fill us up with your spirit, Father. Fill us up with your mercy, with your love, Father, so that we can overflow to other people.